Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Did you hear that one? Sneaking in different voices on yeah, the Matt Townsend yesterday Show. Yesterday was a leprechaun. It was an Irish accent. Yeah, I'm not going leprechaun today because we're in May. Oh, yeah. May's the month of the Taurus. So what's the voice for the Taurus? <laughs> Welcome to the show. What does a Taurus sound like? I don't know. What is a Taurus? A bull. Is that a bull, right? Yeah. yeah. That's me. I'm a Taurus. My birthday's in May. Speaking of which, your birthday is this week. Happy birthday. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. Well, I didn't know you guys were going to talk about my birthday. Of course we are. Did you get presents? <laughs> They're in the back. God, I know that in the back of what? The van. What yeah. van? <laughs> we get a van? You'll the see proverbial the show. Yeah, exactly. When, when did we get a van? It's the Matt Townsend van. I like it. Um, no, my birthday's not for a while, but here's the deal. <laughs> that means you have time to get me a present, Jess. Do you have a present yet? Uh-huh. You She's don't. Leaving. She's ignoring me. She's just, she's leaving, so whatever, whatever. <laughs> we threw a party. That's the problem, is we threw a party before she left. And now, ever since the party, she's just been, you know, useless. Yeah, that was a mistake. Mistake. Yep, we overshot. Early launch of the party. First mistake in entertaining. Hey, uh, today on the show, have we got a show for you. This is the show about presenting your best self. You know, you only get one chance to make a first impression. That's what they say, Right. Yeah. I mean, unless you get two. If you get two, then you get two chances. Or three. Some get three. Have you ever heard that first impressions stick? No. You know, that, there's a lot of science that says that that's true. They, they stick. Meaning that the first impression that you make is... It's important. You can't it's really change how yeah. people feel about you after that that's too true. much. Well, honestly, do you... I mean, it doesn't seem like... I don't know. I've met people twice, and I don't even remember the first time I met them. So what happens is— Maybe uh, it doesn't matter. Well, it does. When you meet somebody, they're nice, they're polite. Oh, that was kind of a nice person, okay? Nice, nice, polite person. And your brain has time to encode, and you have an impression in your mind. You don't remember all the thousands of calculations and and decisions that your brain made in the first seven seconds that you saw them, Uh but you remember how you felt. Oh, okay. So it's like biochemical— yeah, that, so, that's what it is. So I may not remember, oh, yeah, that's the lady that cut me off on the freeway. Yeah, but exactly. I might remember, ooh, I don't like her. So I want to hit her with my car. So let's, let's do an example. You're at a party, and you meet someone that you think is very friendly and nice. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to – you call them later because uh, you're, you're trying to get donations for some kind of uh, generous cause. Right. And uh, you think that the person will give – you know, because they were nice. But in reality, there's no uh, inherent connection between being pleasant and being generous. That's true. And Good. we do that all the time. We make a, a connection that doesn't actually fit. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like, like you're, you are ruggedly good-looking. You're tall, uh, ex-decathlete. Um, uh, you javelined someone accidentally. It, it was an accident. But that was, you know, that's... They're alive. That's, that's, Everybody's fine. Yeah, that's beside the point. I always thought, um, you know, that you that you were this, you know, playful womanizer, that <laughs> because you were so confident, you look like Clark Kent. But James is filling me in that you're not like that. 
What have you been saying, James? I, you know what? I, I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> I, I made assumptions. I made assumptions. Tall, dark, handsome, decathlete, confident, Finnish speaker. And sometimes those assumptions are right on the money. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes they are. And that's why our brain does that, though. See, that's tricky, though. See, it, it's just being efficient. It's a, it's a defense mechanism, you know, coming from prehistoric uh, times. Like you when know. you were dating a dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. You you wanted to you wanted to make sure you didn't make mistakes, so you're now your brain helps you make so you don't date a dinosaur. So you know the, these uh, these first impressions are there to help us out, but sometimes we can make huge blunders oh, yeah. uh, and and totally mess up a first impression. Have you ever made a really bad first impression? <laughs> every impression I make, every first impression. Is a bad impression because you know it's honest. I don't worry about it. Should I worry about this more? I yeah, don't think about I, I this. I think you should. You know, over this time, scares, like now I'm now I'm worried. Like, oh, I need to now worry. I'm the exact opposite of that. I worry too much. You worry about first impressions, oh, yeah, definitely, because you know, because all of this like pressure of like this first impression sticks and you can't get that back. You know, and so that's a lot of pressure for that's meeting someone the first time. So, yeah, I, yeah. So I, it, it, I don't worry. I need to worry more. You should, you know. But studies show also that in long-term relationships, yeah. I mean, substance matters over first impressions. But first impressions have a huge impact of how we're going to perceive uh, s- subsequent information. Okay, what do you mean by that? So, so uh, let's say because how I set it up the first time will then set up the second time, and the third time, and the fourth time. Yeah, so the uh, – let's see. How do I explain this? The, the exaggerated impact of, of first impressions is related to what, what's called the halo effect in, mm. in science. And what that means is that the phenomenon uh, whereby the perception of positive qualities in one thing or part gives rise to the perception of similar qualities in related things or in the whole, Matt. Holy cow. Now, you're, you know what English. you sound like a <laughs> professor. No, so uh, – Are simply, you reading that? No. Okay. Simply stated uh, – that just means that let's say you you go on a first date and it's yes. pretty lousy, okay? Right. Yeah. Let's say you go on a, on a second date and it's a really good date, but because the first date was lousy, you're going to perceive oh, the yeah, second yeah. date as being mediocre. That's interesting. And, and that carries over into other aspects, mm-hmm. you know, because you've already judged before yeah, you're, and then you're every, receiving yeah. the event. Well, and the, and the inverse is true. So if you if you have a really good first interaction. They'll give you benefit of the doubt for a while. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, that's my life. Right so there. first impressions are great yeah. if they're good. Yeah. Now, uh, first impressions are bad because, uh, you know, if it's negative, you don't often have a chance to redeem yourself. For for example, uh, Albert Einstein, you know, we think of him as this genius, you yeah. know, when we look at his picture. He's but if pretty we, smart. If we met him yeah. and, and did oh. not know anything about him, he looks like a mad scientist. He looks crazy. Well, he, he is a scientist. And but we'd look at him like, man, he's got mustard on his shirt. Exactly. What kind of man comes to do an interview with mustard on his shirt? I guess a mad scientist genius. So Not mad, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's important to uh, be confident going into a situation where you're going to meet somebody for the first time. Okay, so here's the deal. So we have a professional coming to teach us in a few minutes about presenting. Yeah. And about, you know, because we talk about first impressions. I when I like speak publicly, I kind of break a lot of rules, but I also feel like I have, you know, I my and I should just spend more time planning it. (laughs) But if I would just plan my first five minutes of the speech better, I probably wouldn't have to make up for it. But what I figure is I have 45 minutes that I'm going to end up winning them over. 
in a speech, let's just say. But so does the first impression really matter if in the end you can still win them over? Well, see, that's that's an interesting situation because the whole event is one big long impression you know yeah, so you don't true. you don't have that I is mean, the first if impression if you're meeting these people like for yeah. 30 seconds before you you teach them that would have an effect yeah you see but if you have an extended amount of time let, let's say you're in a first date situation yeah. okay okay you you have a whole hour now uh and you, when you leave that event whatever kind of feeling you left let's say you brag about yourself too much mm-hmm. you're a little prideful like you're a big deal uh yeah you know that could turn a lot of people off and kind so of a big deal yeah, yeah like that. exactly. And the the girl or, or you leave the date and you kind of are turned off um, by that. And so that's what's going to affect it next time is that feeling. Oh, whenever you think of that person, you're going to think of those those feelings, that kind of vibe that you felt the first time that you met them. You know, it's getting more complicated in life, I think, because, you know, before first impressions, blah, blah. But you know what I just learned? Uh, your last five minutes are also just as important. So, like you just kind of described that, right? Yeah. That's huge. First seven seconds and the last five minutes. So if, what if we just focus on those two and forget everything in between? Well. This is complicated. I don't know if that would be a good idea. It is pretty complicated. I want it for you because I want your dating to work. Well, I'm excited to hear from this professional that we're going to yeah. have on so I can learn some tips well, and tricks. Elaine Witt's her name, and she'll be joining us in a minute. She's... She's going to teach you how to speak. I Not need... that you need that. I mean, even though, because you know what's weird about how you speak, by the way, Mike, is one minute you just sound like Mike, the next minute you sound like a professor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the next minute you're back to Mike. I don't know. It's weird. That's really interesting, especially since that, you know, we have two doctors here and you're trying to sound, I think you're trying to fit in with, with us. Yeah, the doctors. the doctors. I could go to that online university too hey James. One, one, one of us is a real doctor <laughs> yeah. Matt I, don't say that about yourself man I think it's real I believe in your PhD <laughs> you're so cute um, anyway we got a great show today today presenting your best self you know putting your best foot in the first impression forward I'm mixing metaphors but it seems to work we're going to take a break. When we come back, Elaine Witt will be joining us. She is going to teach us about, you know, making your presentation delicious. Presentation skills. Elaine Witt will be here next. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about presenting your best self. And a lot of times that means you're going to need to have uh, some great presentation skills. You know, we all, you know, sometimes struggle with that. James is looking at me like, don't look at me. James, do you ever struggle with your presentation skills? Uh, I mean, being a doctor of love and all. Yeah. Yeah, well, I used to. Until? Until I took a public speaking class. From our current guest today. From Elaine Witt. Yeah. Way to segue. Elaine Witt uh, works at BYU for 15 years. You've been teaching at Brigham Young University. You have uh, earned a master's in mass communication. 
uh, the CEO of her own consulting firm. She's coached clients from 35 countries, written two books on speaking, and created Brilliance Breakthrough, a highly acclaimed professional speaker trainer program. Uh, Lane's uh, life on and off stage is heart-pounding adventure. She's canoed with alligators, given birth at home, accidentally burned off her eyebrows. We'll get in line on that one, Elaine. Um, Conducted a 200-voice kazoo choir, raised five fabulous children, and jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. Elaine Witt, thanks for joining us. I am delighted. Those are great. uh, Those are little. Those are great points. What's with the canoe? That was when I lived in South Carolina, and uh, I was invited to go canoeing, but no one wanted to tell me what was in the river with me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, At least you stayed in the canoe. That's right. There were also snakes that, that live in the trees, and uh, they jump down into the drop, river. Yeah. yeah, or into the canoe, you know. And, uh, didn't happen. That but, didn't but happen. But it could have. So you teach public speaking skills at Brigham Young University. I do. My my most pivotal moment, I think, in my life was as a freshman when I took a public speaking class. It that changed the entire ball game. And yet, you still admit that you don't. I don't come worry. Prepared. I don't worry about the first. I don't come prepared. <laughs> a, B. I also don't worry. I I should worry more about it. Actually, when I was speaking a lot on a for a company, I'd go out and travel and speak a ton. I always had one or two stories I would just start with so I could fill the room. You know, get a feel because I knew how to tell the story. But nowadays, I don't. Uh, I don't focus on the first minute. But it seems like everyone's telling me it's essential. Oh, first impressions as a speaker, absolutely essential. Yeah. But uh, the thing I want to share with you right now is the thing that you maybe have gotten into a bad habit with. Oh, for sure. And uh, and so I just want to make sure that you don't do any of these things. So Teach ev- me. Okay. Everyone, everyone that's listening will want to know this. First of all. No one wants to know about the weather outside. No. No, no. So if the first word's out of your mouth, there's, you know, hey, what about that yeah. hailstorm? What about that fog? What about that? <laughs> no one, they've already, no one cares. That's right. And they've already been in it also. But this is, that's interesting because, like, that seems like the most obvious line people use just when chit-chatting someone. That's right. Well, how about that weather? Yeah. But really you're saying careful because that's a duh. Well, first of all. It does nothing to draw the audience in mm-hmm. to your message or right. enhance your, your credibility. If you're there using their time, something you can never give back to them, yeah. then you'd, you'd better uh, let them know right away that you have something really valuable. A couple other things you want to avoid. Uh, no apologies. Uh, people do that all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm not very good at this. That's right. Or I've got a really sore throat or um, my, my flight was late yeah. and I just barely got here in time. And all those things are speaker centric. Yep. And the audience feels like I'm just I'm a bystander. But if the first words out of your mouth are focused on your audience, that you know about them, you know their need, their concerns, their deepest desires, and you tap into that immediately they're going to lean yeah. forward. They're, yeah. they're going to say something important is going to happen here Yeah, today. this is a big deal. And, and that also, I guess, shows that you've paid attention, right? Because you have to get the information from somewhere. Yes. And usually it's the person that invited you to yeah. speak. Right. Well, and, and even in any conversation, if you'll just listen long enough. Plus, aren't there just basic human universals? They're tired. You know, oh, boy, I bet a lot of you are wondering, holy cow, 45 minutes with a speaker we don't even know anything about. That's right. But if you do that, you set them up to disengage. Exactly. Dink, and they're off. If you admit, say, gosh, I was going to prepare this, but at the the last minute, something else happened. And so I hope you don't mind. I'm flying by the seat of my pants on this one. Yeah. And immediately they've they've said, there is nothing here that was created 
for me. Mm-hmm. And, and they know that at the end of, say, 45 minutes or an hour, they can't come up to you and say, Matt, I want my hour back. Yeah. You've stolen the hour. They, you've you've taken an hour of their existence and they can't get it back. They can't get it back, and yeah. and so I think it's a it's really a sacred privilege every single time. Don't you think? Totally. You, you, every time you address an audience, you have a really important responsibility. It, it, it's weird because we don't see it that way. A lot of times, it seems like the nerves are more about we're more worried about ourselves than than impacting the lives of the people listening. And the minute that the minute you're more consumed with you than them. You're probably going to have other problems throughout the this, this show. Well, and they and they pick up on that right away, mm-hmm. and and so I'm not. Well, we'll get to fear, but uh, let let's just think about if in the first few seconds, if you could say something that magnetized your message, that they know, yeah, that there's something that is going to serve them well, solve a problem, yeah. um, give them a new insight, a new strategy. Uh, they're they're going to they're going to love you forever. So just know, first impressions are they make are a bit, important. Well, and apparently we're dri- we're driving them home. Okay, but uh, what I, about the last impressions too? Well, I mean, well okay, let, let's because that's at just. Both I mean, it seems like too. If you don't close it right either, then you've missed the whole game too. You, you've got bookends. Yeah. All right. So you you start with whatever your introduction is, and, and you talked about before when you were doing this professionally yeah. that you had a story that you I would hope yeah. segued Always, into yeah. your into your material. Yeah. Um, at the other end, you need something that allows them to kind of revisit all the key points and what it is you want them right. to take home. When there's a, a single line that you want them to repeat that you um, feel like it's, it's so powerful. I know when I was speaking with the, the producer, I, I told him about one that I use with, with my students and mm-hmm. my clients. When you can see what no one else can see, you can say what no one else can say. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Now, Matt, you're you're a powerful example of this. You have such great insight into the human condition, into relationships, um, both things that are that are growing and and being nurtured, and those that are that are disintegrating right. and, and running into conflict. Um, that insight is what people want from you. That's what they. Yeah, that's what they're craving, huh? Yeah, and. And they haven't found another source. You are the one yeah. that they are they are turning to. So you're going to be doing something that that solves a, a sticky problem, something mm-hmm. they just haven't been able to get past for weeks, months, even years. Yeah. And when you offer that, and you do so in just a, a gesture of of generosity, then uh, you've got friends for life. See, that's I guess the point, huh? Is you've got to figure out. You need your passion. You need your expertise. You need to be able to see deeply stuff that others can't see. It's interesting, but then all of a sudden, if you're just supposed to be delivering a project, uh, a report on your project at work or whatever, you may not have that much passion about it. So if you're going into this disinterested, it seems like – like for me, I love what I do. I love my topic. And so every time I can think more deeply on it, I think it helps me more to connect more and to maybe – parallel and draw lines for people. What about people that aren't passionate about what they're talking about? I'm so glad. It's accounting. It's it's something that they're not passionate about. It's the numbers. They are heading toward a lifelong disaster. Yeah. Because the only people that should be in those fields are one for whom it really triggers those those feelings of accomplishment and contribution. If you're doing something, uh, I'll tell you, summer uh, before I started college, I worked in two factories. 
And one was, it was packaging eye drops, and another one was actually putting eyes on a little toy, just little sticker eyes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, this, this is great stuff. Yeah. But this was eight hours a day, you know, peeling <laughs> off the eyes, eyes and on. sticking eyes on this little plastic. Oh, wow. And uh, it was probably the single most important reason I found a way to graduate from college. <laughs> I need a purpose. <laughs> That's right. That's interesting. Yeah. And and so my answer to you is if someone is not truly passionate about what they're doing, everyone will, will pick up on that. And can you imagine being at that <laughs> oh, meeting, Matt? I, I mean, and that's not fair. No. I don't but, want to be at that meeting. But sometimes you're you're in the position because you're the CFO. You're the you're you just have the title, and doesn't mean you have the passion. Doesn't even mean you're good at this. But you're kind of saying no matter what, if you follow some rules, your presentation can be more effective. Yeah, let me share with you just what you just said. You're the CFO, and for some reason, the part that you're doing today, you just don't yeah. really have it in your not liking in, in, it. No, right? no. What I would do is I would make the presentation really short. And find the part where the fire is. It might be that mm-hmm. we have got a new product that looks like it's going to take us to the moon. Yeah. But as you know, over the last two quarters, we have not been doing that well. Yeah. Um, he could probably give the presentation in, in six to eight minutes and say all the accompanying data that you need to understand this issue is in a packet waiting for you. There you go. Because why why, oh, yeah. why torture people with PowerPoints, right. with, with graphs and charts that they're not yeah. actually gathering the yeah. information? Page 12. Yeah. You're like, it's no. Right. But if they don't gather the information, here's mm-hmm. the thing that's scary, Matt. Right. If you did not present it in a way where anyone in the audience was changed, it's as if you never spoke. Like you didn't exist in exactly. that meeting. And so when you think about that, you go, whoa, I'm never going to let that uh-huh. happen. Yeah. I've got to make sure that that what I do matters yeah. and, and makes an impact. That's scary. See, now you're scaring me. Well, my job is not to scare you because we're going to come to some things here that Ooh. I think are going to build you up. Do you think um, some people just are boring? I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> like they just don't. They're just, you know, born, bred, boring. After teaching at BYU for over 15 years, I would say there is no one that is naturally boring, particularly yeah. after they spend some time time with me, because I will just bring the, You'll the life. the fire. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And <clears throat> the reason people sound boring is because of two things. One is a set of habits that they have uh, engaged in for a number of years that is just like I have to get this little project off off my plate. Yeah. And I will not even allow any of my clients or students to ever say, well, I just want to be the, the first one to speak today because I want to get it over oh, with. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I said, oh, that really got the audience engaged. <laughs> I, they heard you say that. That's right. <laughs> I need my shot. Give me my shot. <laughs> Let's get this over with. So are people naturally boring? I do not believe so. And, and I'll tell you how I can uh, almost – verified in your mind when you speak with a person one-on-one mm-hmm. about something they really care about yeah. they will lean forward yep. they will use their best language their face is animated they, they're using right. gestures then you put them in front of a in the front of a room with a thousand people in the room hands drop to the side face goes white <laughs> voice collapses and uh, the the volume is so small that people have to strain to hear well i call it listener fatigue if you aren't animated and, and have enough volume, the audience is going to depart. Yeah, yeah. Poof. gone. But that's true. I mean, I've, I've talked to people just 
you know, friends, family, that they seem kind of boring. But, man, you bring up a cow and start talking about cows and different kinds of cows, and you see they turn on, and holy cow, no pun intended, uh, game on. So passion, it's in every one of us. We just have to, we just have to go looking for it. Um, okay, we're going to be back. More with Elaine Witt. We're going to come back and start working on the skills, the actual skills that need to be learned to make you a great speaker, to make sure your presentation can reach the hearts, the minds of the people listening. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. More tools to give you a leg up in life right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here, joined by Elaine Witt, who uh, since her childhood and her Girl Scout cookie, you know, escapade door-to-door, 600 boxes. You were working it. And, and back in those days, you actually lugged the boxes yeah. to the front door. There was a wagon? There's, yeah, a little you, red wagon. You needed the wagon. Exactly. Oh, man, I think I want some cookies. Oh. Were, uh, is that where you really, like, started learning? Because sales, it's... Speaking is sales. It is. You're selling an idea. Interesting. And I no, I figured out real quickly which cookies people like the most. And so I only went and got yeah. those those cookies and I, I went to the door and I actually had the box in my hand, not just oh, randomly yeah. do you want then a they're box. They're licking their chops like yeah. mm-hmm. and, and if there was some reason they didn't want the chocolate mint because there were some older people in our area. Yeah. I whipped out the shortbreads. I you knew. that was number you, two. That's the default. Everyone could use a shortbread. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go to like the Hawaiian. What are the the? Oh, those oh, the were Samoas. Yeah, oh the Samoas. Oh, those were so good. Mm, I think I'm hungry. So you, but you also then took that, went to Brigham Young University. You have a master's degree in mass communications, and you've been teaching for 15 years public speaking skills. I love it. Do you? I, I absolutely love it. I love both my private clients mm-hmm. and the the um, courses that I teach um, off campus, as well as the the, the class that I teach. Um, and and is that is that the the course you teach is Brilliance Breakthrough? Absolutely. Yep. And that's to just to teach people, I guess, how to shine. Well, most people really want their message to get out there. Yeah. And no one wants to be a boring speaker. Right. No one wants to yeah. walk away and say, that was a disaster. Yeah. They, but they don't necessarily have the, the skill set to accomplish that. And, and I'll tell you right up front, most everything you learned in school about public speaking <laughs> is wrong. I know it is. And, and that's yeah. so sad. But if you think about who it is that's teaching that course, it's someone who is not a speaker, a speaker right. by trade. Well, and you're learning to first speak, what, in third grade, fourth grade? So to be nervous in fourth grade to stand up in front of everyone and do your report, that might actually be normal. Oh, yeah. But that then it seems like that fear kind of stays with us and that, that you know, because you're parched and you feel like these hives starting to work up your – I remember sitting in a class watching somebody have an attack of hives Yikes. as they're speaking because of their nerves and I'm thinking – Man, do I look like that when I get up there? And everyone in the room got more nervous watching this poor person suffer. Well, this is, of course, one of the biggest challenges my BYU students and my private coaching clients face. And so how do we, how do we deal with that anxiety? Yeah. Well, the first thing I'm going to 
um, help you to understand is I believe People's Almanac in 1976 when they said the line which I will not quote about how how much people fear speaking yeah. is absolutely um, totally wrong. Yeah. In fact, I contacted the authors and asked them, what was the question you actually asked and in what context? And Because they claimed that they interviewed 3,000 people. Um, I think there are a lot of people who do have understandable anxiety, and a lot of it is based on previous experiences. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and I basically help people to... Uh, find their ghosts of speeches past <laughs> and get rid of them. Let them yeah. go because you're go. you're a different person now than when you had that experience. I myself had a traumatizing experience when I was in the second grade. Mm. And for years, I brought that little ghost up to the front of the room with me every single yeah. time and said, this is going to be just another in a string of public speaking disasters. Yeah, here we go again. And, uh, yeah. and so if you can let go of that and say, if I knew the principles yeah. that could really guarantee that I would get the results I want, I wouldn't have to be afraid. What is it that we're actually afraid of? We, we have a song for that. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah, that's it. That's all we got. Um, <laughs> we use it all the time. So, But we do. We have to let go of the fear. And I remember thinking intentionally when I got up to speak after the woman with hives, I do I have the hives? But then I realized I'm not showing the nerves that I'm feeling. And it was actually, it was a cognitive thought I had. I'm not presenting myself. No one knows I'm afraid but me. You make a very good point. That was my only thought. No one knows but me. Very few people have really obvious fear when they're at the front of the room, particularly by the time they're an adult. Yeah. But they think everyone can see what's going on. So... If you can get past that and just feel relaxed, and part of it is just loving your audience. You bet. If you love them, then you then you understand why why they're there. Is that what makes the best speaker? Though is just the one that loves who they're serving, who they're speaking to. Is is that the key? It's it's one of several. Let me okay. just take you take you through a process here. Um, first of all, you need to speak as often as possible. Yep. If you're trying to break past um, this this anxiety about being at the front of the room, you're going to have to seek out opportunities, um, have events in your home, um, uh, go to community meetings, and and just give a one sentence assessment of of traffic on a in an intersection that you're yeah. worried about. But just keep doing it until it feels more comfortable. And, uh, and of course, change your breathing pattern before mm-hmm. you start speaking. Yeah. So you're going to you know, breathe it in, hold it, and then let it out slowly. It allows your body to say, oh, wait a minute, there isn't a saber-toothed tiger <laughs> yeah. chasing me. Yeah. Because they couldn't breathe deliberately that slowly if they were getting ready to sprint. That's true. So, uh, And then the place that you're going to be speaking, I really encourage everyone who ever is going to speak in any environment, whether it's a corporate environment, um, business to business, um, in, a, in a church environment, in a school, whatever it is, find that place and actually go there when either there's no one or no one important there. And it's a process I call claim your space. And you just walk in there and you go to the exact spot you're going to be as a speaker. And you just look up to this imaginary crowd 
knowing that they are loving your message and you're just sending out these positive vibrations right there. And then as you get comfortable with that venue and imagining yourself being there maybe an hour later, a day later, a week yeah. later, whatever it is, um, I want you to, to repeat a few phrases. And uh, the first one is probably my favorite, and that is the audience wants you to succeed. Mm, that's huge. When was the last time you went to a presentation and you <laughs> thought to yourself, well, I hope this guy falls on his face exactly. and this is a disaster. No, you came in with an information and inspiration deficit. That's, yeah. And that's the reason you entered that room because you thought that Matt Townsend was going to have an answer, an idea, a yeah. strategy or a tactic yeah. that you were going to be able to implement and walk away a stronger, better, happier person. So true. Who wants to see failure? No, you don't. No. And, and it's Train also, wreck, you say, right. yeah, we all, we all start sweating. That's beautiful. And then second is you need to say to yourself, you have prepared sufficiently. Sometimes we believe sufficient is somewhere in the realm of perfection. Right. And, and the, the truth is that isn't what the audience wants from you. They, they want to be uplifted, energized, uh, excited, but they're not going to be offended or disengaged over a stumble on a word. Right. And it's and, not it's never about a word. No, right. I mean, no, ever. No. And then your audience needs to hear your message. You've prepared something that, you know, is so valuable. Do you realize that as you say that out loud, it energizes you and, and you can't wait to deliver it. Then as you're looking in that empty space, you just say, you know, I am ready. Yeah. And I am I am prepared and I can do this. <laughs> uh, I mean I feel it, pumped right that's now. That's right. And it's it's not any different than what you would do with a sports team except you're that's a right. team of one. You're just but you're getting pumped up. You're exactly. getting psyched up. Now, in, the, in the space. And there's something powerful I think about your body having been in the space. So if I'm speaking somewhere where I've already spoken before, it's really powerful cuz now I'm like, okay, I've been there. I've, that's, I've succeeded there. And it's, and it's safe. Yeah. It's those unknowns. And whenever mm-hmm. we're dealing with unknowns, there's a, a level of anxiety. Yeah. It's interesting. The Wall Street Journal just um, had an article in today's paper on the very issue of the power of self-talk. And really? And they, they talk about, yeah. about speaking. But they changed something, which I, I'm sharing with you today, is up to this point, it's always been um, you speak to yourself in using the first person, I, me. yeah. yeah. They're saying that the data seems now to be indicating that if you are sort of stepping outside your own body and coaching yourself. And talking to to you. you, You are going to do a great job. You are ready. Your audience is hungry for this information. I heard I walked in and James was doing that. Yeah. He's like, you are the man. (laughs) You drive the ladies crazy. Stuff like that. I I can see where that would work. (laughs) I didn't know if I should stay or go. It was just such a personal moment for him. Um, what I think that's crazy, too, is um, you, you, need a little, you need a little edge. So this, this fear that we have can be a good thing if it's not consuming you, right? Don't you think you need a little edge? You I'm should, so you should glad. have a little something. Because if you don't – and everyone always asks me, so are you afraid? And I, I don't equate it to fear. I'm actually just excited. I'm anticipating it like, let's get this going. Oh, that, that is critical. Energy is important. You yeah. don't want to be so relaxed yeah. that you come up and you, are, you have no personality That's left so at true. all. Yeah. So you don't want to be that relaxed, but you want to be in control of the environment right. so that you're giving the gift that you brought for that particular audience. 
So don't be afraid of the fear. It's it's a sign that hey, this is a big moment. You're going to knock this out of the park. Absolutely. Those are great. That's those are great suggestions. Um, we're going to take a break again. We're talking with Elaine Witt. She is a professor here at Brigham Young University for 15 years. She's been teaching communication skills, presentation skills. Also, she has a program called Brilliance Breakthrough, which is a highly acclaimed professional speaker trainer program. And uh, just look up her name, Elaine Witt, Brilliance Breakthrough. You can get a lot of information about it. Also, by the way, a conductor of a 200-voice kazoo choir. And what else do you need? We're going to take a break. More with Elaine Witt and our presentation skills when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Joined by uh, speaking, what are we going to call you? I was going to make up a really cool uh, name. Verbal visionary. That's actually really good. (laughs) You thought this through. Elaine Witt is joining us, and she uh, is a professor here at Brigham Young University, teaches communication and speaking, uh, public speaking skills. 15 years you've been doing this. I have. Also, it's never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. You've sold hundreds of cookies for um, <laughs> for the Brownie organization, Girl Scouts organization. You also, though, are running your own program. Uh, Delicious by Design is, is one of the programs you've created for public speaking and also Brilliance Breakthrough. I mean, people need these skills. They need to learn them one way or another. And I guess you can get it at a university setting. But there's a lot of great organizations like yours out there helping people learn to present their their passion, learn to present their gifts to others. Uh, most people think they can learn it in the school of hard knocks. Yeah. And that's actually the most expensive way oh, to sure. learn it. Because you only get so many shots, right? right? Until people stop asking you to <laughs> <Yeah>. speak. <laughs> can you not speak anymore? <laughs> what do you think, just as a side note, about some of these organizations that give you a chance, Toastmasters, they give you a chance to go speak? and Yeah, Toastmasters, I'm actually the pa- most recent past president of the National Speakers Association, yeah. four-state chapter, um, including Utah, yeah. Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana. And um, that's where speaking is a business. Right. And Toastmasters is very much skill-centered. And I think depending on the individual chapter of Toastmasters, you may very well get some some skills. But once again, it may take longer than if you're using a private coach or taking a um, – a course that's right. specifically designed to help you get at the front of the room and make a difference. Well, like a private piano teacher, you would sit down with the person, assess them, figure out what we need to work on, give them assignments, right? Oh, Teach yeah? them some skills and then have them deliver. Clearly. Give and- us some skills that you, you know, that are essential. What What are some things that any person out there trying to influence others through a speech or a presentation needs to know? Well, the most important elements in a good presentation we actually touched on in that in that first segment is an engaging introduction. Right. And but an engaging introduction will only work if you have the second component ready to go, and that's a powerful message that will serve the needs of your audience. So often people will say, you know, what are you really passionate about? Well, if I'm passionate about earthworms, 
<laughs> um, I've got to find a place where my passion for earthworms actually intersects with a marketplace. Yeah. And and so I might have a really short career in speaking if I speak only on what's interesting to me. <laughs> right, exactly. And and so part of what you need to discover in, in your in your research and in building your your presentation is is there a group of people or some organizations that would actually pay to hear what it is you have to say. Yeah. Then you have a career. Then you have something you can really, really get out there and work with. Now, there are those people who simply are doing it as a give back to the community, right. maybe something on relationships yeah. or whatever. But there's no question um, in order to, to make a difference in in the uh, in the commercial world, you got to have something that people want to hear. Then third, you need to craft your message to meet that deep need. Right. So you can know what it is, but if you haven't crafted the message to meet that need, once again, you've missed the mark. Right. And anyone that's in the sound of my voice, you can start examining a recent presentation that you've given and say, did I accomplish that? Um, The fourth one is solid, organized structure that your audience can follow. Yeah. You lose your audience so fast when you when you drift around mm-hmm. and you say, "Oh, I just remembered something else you need to know," and and did I already mention this? Um, they feel that that structure wasn't in place. I'm telling you, they jump to Angry Birds so fast if you are <laughs> if you are disorganized. Yeah, then all of a sudden they're going to fire you into a wall. Yeah, and uh, and then <clears throat> be sure you have some power lines that you know your audience can remember. And repeat. Not power lines, like, because you'll get electrocuted. That's right. But you want powerful, powerful lines, lines that they'll remember. That's right. And um, I do in my course an entire module just on how to create those to have the rhythm. I mean, we can think about ones that we've heard in um, in ads oh, year, yeah. years ago. Yeah. And and we know that we can keep repeating those. There are ones that were spoken mm-hmm. and, and ones that were sung, but they, they stick with us. Right. Well, we can do the same thing for our audience if we wanted to take that message home. My line for today was, when you can see what no one else can see, you can say what no one else can say. Yeah. And people are going to tumble that around in their brain and say, that that makes sense. I can see where that would um, push me down a channel where I would be creating something of real significance and value. And, uh, and of course, within that, that context, there's also a need for clarity. Right. And uh, another great power line from my course is prosperity through clarity. Yeah. The speakers who are the most clear will automatically draw to them the people that want to be with mm-hmm. that speaker. Well, that's what's amazing is if you deliver a, a, a speech and it if it works well and meets some of those points you're mentioning, you'll get more from that. It, it just it creates abundance because all of a sudden everyone's like, you know who needs to hear this? My husband or my yeah, friend. My, exactly. And it, and it breeds success. Now, the last one, the last point is energetic delivery. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting when you, when you really put it in the context of life and death. Every speech is tilting either toward life <laughs> Or toward death. Uh, It's the rare speech that can kind of balance right Right. in the middle. But who are we really drawn to? We are drawn to the person that feels more alive than we feel. When we came in with that that information and inspiration deficit that I talked about, we're waiting for them to just energize us. When they give us that information with that 
energy, then they are tipping toward life and we feel connected to them and we walk out of that room enlivened. That's powerful. Who doesn't want that? Now, we can actually boil the content of what what I've just shared with you into three phrases that appear in the book that I'm finishing up called Delicious by Design. It's both a course and a a book. And it kind of um, uses the model of a great restaurant. Hmm. All right. If you can think of of a speech as having that most perfect, delicious, wonderful meal that you're talking about for years. Yeah. Nothing there happens by accident. It's all deliberate. Right. But if you were just to get it way condensed down, what is it that a speaker does? The first thing a speaker does is make them hungry. They've already walked in. They're already hungry. How can you make them more hungry? How do you get them just anticipating yeah. your, your information? And it's, and it's exciting because you can. You bet. Then second is feed them. Give them all the best information, the best ideas, the things that they can apply immediately. Don't be a speaker that holds back and, and says, you know, I can't give them all the yeah, good stuff. Buy because my book. <laughs> they, they can't <laughs> right. walk out with everything that you said because here's the thing, and, and buy my book is, is really part of the third part, and that's offer them more. Whether um, you can find me online, um, this information, much of it is in a book I co-wrote with someone else, mm-hmm. or I have a set of CDs, any of these things are ways to offer more. But if you've made them hungry and you've fed them, they are going to want They'll be more. Back. In fact, they will be disappointed with you, Matt, if you don't offer them the opportunity yeah. to get more of you. Because as you came there and, and you were loving that audience and they were feeling that love, they want more. So true. That made me not only hungry, but all of a sudden I'm sitting there thinking, wow, you could... You could actually think, I don't want to offer them more because, you know, they're probably sick of me. Or, But your confidence of saying, I, I, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you with more. And especially because you've thought deeply about this. You know, I know people that just give their notes away. Here's my notes for my speech. So someone will come up and say, I really love that speech. And you're like, there you go. Take my notes. It's it's just more about giving you, isn't it? That's really what this is about. Oh, You're giving you. You are. And, and that's why I believe that live speeches will never go away. People right. have, have kind of predicted that for the last 20 we'll years. We'll all go to YouTube. Yeah. <clears throat> and the truth is we want that human connection. Yeah. And that, in fact, that's why we tell stories. Um, I, I don't tell jokes. I have never been able to land a punchline ever. Mm-hmm. And then there's that really embarrassing silence where in your notes it says, wait for uproarious yeah. laughter, which cricket, doesn't happen. Yeah, nothing <laughs> happens. And, and so I found that I, <clears throat> I'm better at telling stories mm-hmm. that may or may not have a humorous component in them. And then if people happen to chuckle or laugh, good for them. And the other people are yeah. turning around wondering, wondering what happened. But when we tell true stories from our own personal experience, people feel connected to us. We don't need more data. No. We don't need another chart. Mm -hmm. Um, All those things may serve a purpose in in some academic setting. Right. But I'm helping people in the real world make a real difference. And it was even Aristotle who discovered that um, the reason is important. But ultimately, the two things that tip the balance on whether they believe you is the human stories and your credibility. Interesting. Your credibility, what you're bringing to this story. Right. And 
and and then finding a way to connect it to humanity. Yeah, and your credibility is something that's built over the full length, which takes us to your final five minutes. Right. If you started out, Matt, with they didn't, no one knew who you were, and no one knew what your topic was. They just landed in a room. They came just randomly. They were yeah. all just, just gathered showed up. up. Yeah? yeah. And they didn't know who you were. You have the 45 minutes or an hour to take them to a place where they absolutely feel like they have this incredible connection with you and they trust you yeah. because people that we like, that we know, that we trust, we will believe. And people will take action and change their lives based on the things that you've shared. See, you make it sound so easy. But it really is. It, what it reminds me of is it's just a relationship. It's just a conversation. It and is. we build it into like, no, it's a conversation with 500 people. It's still just a relationship. And you're just going to build a relationship. Every person in the room believes you are talking to them. Everyone in the sound of my voice right now believes I am talking directly to them. Right. I am talking to you. You are for This sure. is about you. <laughs> and, and, and Matt, you do that so beautifully in, in making that, that wonderful connection. And people will go home yeah. changed. And boy, tell me that doesn't feel good to yeah. know that you, your heart, your spirit has has been able to influence other hearts, other spirits. Wow. Elaine, you did it. Man, you're a pro. Thanks so much. And you nailed the first minute, the first seven seconds, let's say, and the last five minutes. There you go. Proud of you and appreciate I'm glad you went from Girl Scout to where you are now because you, my daughter, I don't, I don't know for sure that she took your class, but she was part of your program and it seriously boosted confidence. You're changing people. Elaine Witt, go uh, go look up her name, Elaine Witt, and go look for her new program or her program, Brilliance Breakthrough, and that book that's soon to be released, Delicious by Design. By Design, Elaine Witt. Thanks for joining us. You're this welcome. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Today, we have been talking about presenting yourself, you know, putting forth a good first impression. We talked about that earlier with Michael Pond and how important that is in the dating world. Now, we're going to ask Maddie Richards, Maddie with two D's and a Y, Richards. <laughs> To talk about uh, first impressions at work. Because, yeah. I mean, hello, if I'm trying to get a job, that's a big deal. Yeah. So you and Mike talked about more casual first impressions, what they mean, how you, that can affect you as a speaker. Yeah. We've been talking about presenting ourselves and what a more important place to present yourself is there than at work right. or at a job interview or yeah. at a business lunch. You or can blow like a that. lot at a job interview. Oh, yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. And there's probably not anything that's more important because if you, you know, kind of ruin a, an acquaintance because of something you say in a first impression, I mean, <laughs> that that stinks. But if you ruin a job interview, it could be a huge opportunity yeah. that you need that you've missed. And like we learned earlier, you know, they don't go away. These impressions are going to stay and linger. Like, yeah. You, do you remember how I met you? Yeah. Was that no. a good first impression? Um, I think the first time I ever met you, you, were, you probably said something really mean. 
And I was like, oh, well, I guess mm. he's going to hate me forever. Weird. <laughs> no, so I don't, I don't think that's how it went. Oh, how did it go? I think I was charming. Oh. Debonair. Then I think the whole first impression sticking yeah. is wrong. Yes, it's totally <laughs> No. It's sad because I had a great first impression of you. Oh, I thought, thanks, wow, Matt. she's talented, smart, s- just sharp as a – Wow. Mm, and um, you scare me. <laughs> but I don't feel that anymore. I want you to be afraid of how much you love me, Matt. Well, we're already there. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so teach us. what. Okay. How do we keep the first impression up at work? So at work, and especially this is going to be for job interviews, yeah. but for also after you get the job. Because everyone's looking for jobs now. Yeah, and it's going to start with the job interview, and these tips carry through for every business lunch you okay. go to for every day on the job. Wear socks. Well, obviously. Number one. Yeah, number one, dress the part. Dress the part. Which includes wearing socks. Mm-hmm. You don't dress for the job you have. You dress for the job that you want. Whoa. Yeah. That was so like, did you're you hear unemployed. That, you don't dress like you're unemployed. You no. dress like you're the CEO. You, you look yeah. sharp. That's great. And that includes having clean fingernails. If you're a girl, mm. make sure your fingernails are either clean or well painted. They don't look chipped and stubby and you don't have dirt under them. Oh, you boy. make sure that you have clean hair. It means that you wear socks and you tie your shoelaces yes. or you wear shoes that are clean. Yes. All those little details are important. My dad used to do lots of hiring and he said if he ever had someone that didn't show up in khakis or an, an a button down shirt or a skirt, he would say, why didn't you feel this job interview was important enough to dress well for? And then they'd muddle out some answer and that would be the only question he would ask them because he was like, they told me right there, they weren't serious enough about this job to think it was worth dressing up for. Wow. He's scary. Yeah. But that's the but real it's deal. Important. That's it's right. It's important to remember that. That's what employers are looking for, someone who's going to take this job seriously. And sometimes job interviews will say, you know, wear casual. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean wear your Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, James. Yeah, James. Not, I love Hawaiian shirts. Why not? <laughs> he always wants to, like, show off his muscles. Is that yeah. is that a no-no in a job interview? Um, it just depends on the interview, and it depends on button-down shirt. I feel like it's always, always wear a button-down shirt. It feels like it makes their questions a lot easier, though. When they say, what are your greatest strengths? I usually, you know, just, just look <laughs> at my, my left and right oh, arms, no. actually, are both of them. No, no. So dress the part, <laughs> number great. one. Good. And you can continue dressing the part. Even if your workplace is casual, you can still look nice, still look responsible. You'll stand out. Yeah. You'll be the, right. oh, that person's got their head on their shoulders. Yep. Number two, be polite to everyone, especially the secretary. Yes, they're the money maker. So huge, right? They know about the company. If you get yeah. the job, they can make your life great, or they can make it miserable. I love that. They have the boss's ear, so they can say, mm-hmm. "Well, wasn't super nice to me." They're, they're the ones probably <laughs> receiving the faxes that yeah. are, the, so they'll just throw the rest away. Yeah, exactly. Get they, you the job. Yeah. By the way, another rule: be really nice to the parking attendant. Oh, I think you should be nice to everyone. That's ah, a good point. That's a great point. Yeah, be nice to the little people, mm-hmm. as you might say in quote marks, the little people at the office. You, because For those that weren't watching, she just gave us air quotes. I did. Okay. Because they're going to be the ones that are either going to make your life good or bad for the rest of your time at the job. So just be nice to them. Love it. Number three, be on time. Oh, see. It's a hard – there sometimes are <sighs> extenuating circumstances mm-hmm. that require you to be late. But if you've always been on time before that – yeah. The once or twice that you have they're to be fine. late, yeah. they're going to be like, well, she's never been time. late before. That's so great. it's okay. That's good. And especially to a job interview, if you're late, oh, man. you're Come out on. of there. Come on. 
plan for extra time. And if you're sitting in the lobby for 10 more minutes, so be it. Yeah. You all have a smartphone. You can play 2048 for a little bit. You'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> Deer Hunter 2014. Oh, wow. Did you get a ding on yours? I don't think so. Yeah, mine just dings because Deer Hunter 2014 <laughs> is... Uh, you know, that's my game. Oh, got it. Anyway, not to brag. <laughs> I, I bet you'd be good kind at that. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big kind deal. Kind of a big deal. Yep, that's you. <laughs> cool. Number four, and kind of tied with five, smile a lot. Yes. And give eye contact. Yes. Oh, there's nothing worse than shifty eyes. Yeah, shifty eyes makes you yeah. a little suspicious looking. And if you won't smile at them, they probably think, oh, this person kind of has a negative attitude. That's right. But if I smile at you, which I do to you every day. Every day. Um. It actually creates good chemistry in you. Yeah. So then you're like, oh, I don't know what it is, but every time Matt looks at me, I feel good chemistry. Yeah, and they are pleased with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. They're pleased with how I'm performing. So that means you continue to want to do better. And as they say, smiles are contagious. So if you start smiling, then odds are, you know, your interviewer may also have a more cheery disposition as well. It's true. See? Exactly. It's like a virus. Amen. It's true. <laughs> yeah, happy it's a Smiling virus. is a it's happy a smi- virus. That's happy what virus. I heard today. <laughs> Put your phone away is the next one. Yes. Don't have it out. Don't even – don't ever bring it out in that entire interview. Oh, in your interview, Nothing. not at all. Yeah. And if you're at a business lunch – Put it away. Mm-hmm. If you're at some kind of business function, like even a business party, yeah, I would say don't don't get it out. Yeah, no. It be you're with the people that something. you're. Yeah, right. you're communicating that the other people on the other end of the phone are more important. What if someone's dying on the other end of the phone? How often does that happen? Well, I guess it depends. I mean, if you need to discreetly go check it when you go off into the corner and check it later to make sure your kids are okay yeah. or something, that's great. But yeah, just don't pull it out to just, be playing your games and stuff. Just do it. Get the job. First impression. You can play Deer Hunter 2014 later. Yeah. <laughs> and also, if somebody really is dying, put it on speaker so everyone knows that there's yeah. somebody dying. I mean, let's, yeah, if, on speaker Hold on, Grandma. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> hold on one second. <laughs> I just got to get this on speakerphone for my boss. <laughs> no, don't do that either. Then they'll, then they'll think you're playing a trick on them <laughs> or something. Uh... <laughs> All right. Next one. Say please and thank you and know their name and repeat it. Yes. Yes. Obviously, manners matter. Please and thank you. Appreciate this interview. And if you know their name and can repeat it to them, they'll, oh, they're pretty sharp. There you go. They remembered my name, remembered how to pronounce it, mm-hmm. and use it with That's me. That's great. People like their names. It, yeah. yeah. It's one of the most comforting sounds people can hear is their own name. I agree, Marcy. Oh. Just kidding, man. We Maddie. talked about this, Matt. I, I knew. I was just teasing you. It's I even, I even... Oh, Sean's got something. Sean, uh-oh. Sean. I just find it interesting because I was actually in on the interview that got Maddie here at BYU Broadcasting. You were? Yeah. Did she pull her phone out? No, no. She did every single one of did these. Did she really? Yes, she did. See, that's why she got hired. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What's with the headband, do you think? Though? I don't know. She's wearing a headband that looks Stop. like she plays for the. Sean was saying nice things the, about me. <laughs> no, no, Sean. Sean wasn't on my interview, and he was very scary. That's great. He was, the, he was scary. No, he was. All the other there are three of them, and he's just a cuddly bear. No, but he was scary. The other two he's were growling. smiling at me, and Sean was slouched back in what his chair. What do you want, like, little girl? Answer this for me, and I was like, okay. <laughs> answer me this. <laughs> Riddle me this. That's great. The last thing I just want to share. Convince, your, convince yourself that you're good enough or you're never going to convince anyone else. That's brilliant. If you have to do your pep talk in the mirror and say, I'm good enough for this job, 
And if I don't get it, it's not because I wasn't good enough. It's because it wasn't what was meant to be. It wasn't right for me at this point. You have to let yourself know that or you're never going to convince anyone else that you're qualified, capable, and ready. Brilliant. That's the moneymaker right there. That is the moneymaker. And then all of a sudden you know you're great. That'll come out. It'll even even if you're just if you think it, if you feel it, it'll ooze out in the the and, rest of the interview. Yeah, and you can present yourself in a in a more confident, positive way because you know what you can do. I love it. I know. In fact, it's even because you've you've done all that, and I've actually heard through the grapevine that a lot of people are impressed with you, Maddie. Oh, thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. But I fixed oh, that, thanks. and I told him I straightened him out. <laughs> Perfect. That's, we don't, we don't want good. rumors floating around no, the really, office. Are, so, so isn't that interesting? From beginning to end, you're living it. You're, you're living everything we're saying. Oh, well, I try. Well done. Thanks, Matt. And I love your headband. Thank you. And by the way, you I love the clippers, it. too. <laughs> it looks like a, like, a little, like a little NBA headband. Thanks. It's pretty neat. <laughs> Awesome stuff. Maddie Richards, again, knocking it out of the park. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Meg Conley is in the house. She's also sporting a new hairdo and hair color. Remember last time on the show, we were trying to figure out what color she should go with today. We're going to unleash the Kraken and find out what she chose. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Meg Conley in the house. Oh, How are you, Meg? So good. How are you? Great. The website, meginprogress.com. She yeah. still has two children, Zuzu and yep. Viola. 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 Come on, Matt. One it's husband, so Riley. Yep. She's a regular guest on Good Things Utah, a regular guest on The Daily Dish. She's a blaga. Yep. She also um, has dyed her hair. I did. I went... What, what would you, you were call going it? to go? What would you call it, Matt? Your hair color? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I would say it, it's a vibrant, a vibrant Dino Nugget. That actually might be accurate. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that might be right. Texture <laughs> and Listen, color. I don't brush my hair because it's kind of like naturally Why? wavy, so I just well, no. don't brush it. When you're hot, you're hot. That's what I'm saying. When That's what I say not, every morning. You're not. <laughs> but you were going to go with a, uh, what was the color? Purple. We thought about lavender. Lavender. Yeah. So I might do that some other time. Well, no. I but, think you nailed it. But I like this for now. It's kind of a so. red. It's red. Yeah, it's got like red roots and then it's like blonde. It's like strawberry blonde if strawberry blonde did not occur in nature. Like mm. it's an unnatural strawberry blonde. I yeah. feel like is the best way. Radioactive wow. strawberry blonde. Slash Dino Nugget. Yes. Yes, like that's it. what I asked for when I went in. It's actually. really, it's you know what, it's amazing. Thank, thank you. <laughs> you you were thinking though because this is going to get into our topic today because we're sure. talking about you know presentation, sure. yes. your first impression. Yes. If you had gone to like a lavender, right? It's I mean it, it, that makes a first impression. It does. It does. What impression does it make? This girl is so interesting. She's, wow. Do you know what I wor- I did worry about with the lavender? So I I talk to uh, groups of women. I go on TV and talk about um, women's issues uh, pretty often. And and I did worry yeah. that if someone hadn't 
met me before, if they hadn't heard me speak before, if it was their very first contact with me and I was telling them, you know, how to talk to their kids about sex. Like that's something, you know, that's kind of of topics I talk talk about. about, Right. Right. Then um, I worried that maybe I would be making my o- the audience I reached smaller by the way that I looked. Yeah. But it's a fine line it's a because very you want to be able to be yourself, right? You want to be so, yourself. So for me right now, this was a compromise. Well, and if yourself is being, I don't know, 30, how old are you? 29. Don't you it, try and push it, me to 30 If yourself yet. is being 29 but having the hair of an 80-year-old, right. lavender. Okay, lavender's awesome. Yeah. Then, and and and, it, and also also seemed like a winter color to me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It like is by a, the time I got there, yeah. I was like, this might be my winter look. Yeah. So, so this is your summer look because this look. is like fire. Rawr. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fire. I like it. That's better than dino. Strawberry nugget. blonde slash dino nugget yes. slash whatever. Right. But it's okay to take into account how you present yourself. Yeah. To you others. because that's a big deal because sometimes right. we think no, I got to be me and right. We might worry about making a change to our body or our dress or right. our hair if. Because we think we're not being authentic. Sure. So, so there. So, like, especially if you have a professional life, there is, you know, where you can be authentic, where your authentic life and your professional life meet. That that can be fine. I feel like myself. Yeah. I was very pleased with this hair color. Like, I, it looks great. And so, and so, you can be yourself. You just have to, um, you just have to acknowledge reality. So, yeah, there's a reality that some people won't get. There are certain how, perceptions. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Right. And it doesn't make it. It's just that's how they think. Right. But if they're the one hiring, sure, right. you're going to have to go through that paradigm. Well, and I also feel like sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm going to be my authentic self. If they don't get me, they just don't get me, and that's their problem. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what if you could help them? What if there's something you have to say yeah. that could benefit them? And, and who are you to deprive them of that because you're not willing to kind of um, bend a little yeah. bit for yeah. them? And vice versa because I think that so often we feel like people are – um, you know, they're closed minded, they're a different generation, mm-hmm. whatever. But um, there's a lot that you can learn from them if you release your own prejudices. Because if you had gone lavender. Sure. At first, I would have probably shunned you. Absolutely. Like, I would be doing this part of the show, like, yeah. in the other corner. Uh-huh. I wouldn't want you right. in the same room with me because right. that would be like, Gah. But I I would probably learn to love it. Right. Well, because it's me. Right? And you. I would. Right. I would be like, if she can do this. <laughs> It's not that bad. Right. And so and so there's a fine line. But you know, I think that I think that we're all pretty aware of what what we need to do to be accepted as ourselves and in our professional life. I think that the thing that is trickier sometimes is figuring out um, how to present ourselves in everyday life and you know how much time is appropriate to put into that and and how important it is yeah. i think that we feel like we're not willing to even discuss that because is that vain right, is right. it a waste of time yeah. and i'm here to say it's not okay so- <laughs> it's not a waste of time to a discuss it but or to be experience right to take change. some time yeah. right and to and and maybe to change the way that you present yourself or to fortify the way that you already are and and um and to put some effort and some thought into it that is all okay i think I think that right now, so often the message about body image, presentation, any of it is it doesn't matter. Like your yeah. worth ma- is all yeah. that matters. Yeah. Okay. True-ish. Sure-ish. True-ish. <laughs> but um, there's nothing wrong with deciding that putting on some red lipstick portrays to the pe- people around you that you're ready to conquer the day. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Ex- well, James did it. And <laughs> it totally freaked me out because I'm like, you know, wow, your I lips think, are red. I think you look better in a coral, James. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah, I okay. think that that was... That's but, duly noted. I'm taking note of that. <laughs> but then, this is a really important point. Because we're so judgmental of other people. Yes. Like, oh, you... Wow, you got sure. Botox? Sure, which is ridiculous because did you get braces? 
Same yeah. thing. Oh, hey. Same thing, yeah. right? And so it's just, it's just. Um, I wouldn't even call it a spectrum because at the end of the day, we're deciding that there's a slight flaw about ourselves that we want to fix. And so whether it's you know the wrinkle in between your eyes or your teeth, we're, we're, we've all decided to improve ourselves, and and we need to leave room right. for that, right? Yeah. And and I think that also. Um, Another thing to consider is, like, for example, I'll say things like, um, I don't ever brush my hair, which is true. Okay, but what is my motivation behind saying that? Well, you're my lazy. Hair's, my hair is always kind of messy, no, right? No, but it actually, it's a, it's a nice messy. It's <laughs> Thank like a, you. It's Thank sassy. You. So I feel like I'm, I probably do feel like I'm making an excuse for the fact that my hair isn't perfectly blow dried yeah. all the time. But also, like, am I a little bit proud of that? Like, is it a little yeah. cool oh, yeah. that I don't spend totally. an hour and a half doing my hair every right. day? Right. So, so that is something, I'm a pretty self-aware person. I understand that I'm making yeah. a statement about myself when I say that, yeah. right? And so make the right statement. Yeah. By the way, Sean's Sean wants us to not talk about hair anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's like the topic, right? Like that's it's, you it's know, how he we're related to the his topic. Hair. I spend an hour and a half on my hair every and day. James, see, I feel bad because these guys are like, are we still talking about hair? It's a symbol of a larger point. Okay? It is. Yeah. So, but I really, this so, is but, huge. But, so you need to decide what kind of statement you're making. And, and, you, and it's exciting to be able to present, um, to present yourself as the person that you are. You know, like Goffman, he's this um, very famous sociologist. I'm sure yeah. you're super oh, yeah. acquainted we, with we him, right? We hang out. You, yeah. She's still alive. He's dead. Oh, yeah. but, uh, well, we hang out in the cemetery. You don't think I meant with him really he, live. He, he wrote this He wrote this book called The Presentation of Self in Everyday Life, yeah. right? And so he talked about how every um, interaction that we have, face-to-face interaction, is really a work of theater. We're deciding how we're presenting ourselves. There's a backdrop. Yeah. There's a stage. It's and it's so, dramaturgy it's, is the study, and that's yes, a, my whole exact, doctorate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, you, but we, I never met the guy. You're so much smarter than me. Well, not really. I just read the book. <laughs> so, so, but I think okay. So let's say I read it in college. It's been years. It's great. But let's say, um, let's say that we agree with him. Okay, well. What if we found a way to present our most authentic selves in a way um, that accommodated that reality, sure. right? Like, that's totally doable. Yeah. So so in Utah, the way that many women, and it's great, yeah. but the way that many women present themselves, themselves are long blonde hair, yeah. like great, like gemstone jeans, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. and a suburban. And, uh, so, right. To carry their children. Great. I would say that that's a uniform here. There There's nothing wrong with that no. uniform. Right. Like uh, most of my friends wear that uniform. I'm kind of jealous. I can't fit in those jeans. Like yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, I've right? got a pair if you want to try one on. <laughs> if your jeans fit me, I will kill myself. They're bejeweled. <laughs> They're bedazzled. <laughs> so, but that's not my uniform. No. But do I have to be dispe- disrespectful about their uniform no. because it's not mine? Yeah. Absolutely not because we're all putting on a costume. Everyone. So, Everyone is. The president of the United States wears yes. a suit for a reason. He chooses a right. red tie for a reason. You are wearing a tutu right now for a reason. I wear Matt. a tutu and a tube top <laughs> for no reason except I love them. But that's a good to reason. To be me. So, so I think that the thing – so I think what happens though is you have um, sometimes women like me who – like can't figure out how to blow dry their hair so they just don't brush it and make that a statement right and then um we can be women like me often can be um dismissive of the women who have really Ah. gorgeous flowing hair that is done and their makeup's always on and okay well just pick it pick your uniform and become oh they're skinny you're saying i'm not skinny right now no i'm not saying that's kind of what i'm hearing right now no no i am very thin no you're skinny you're skinny they've got hair (laughs) It's all good. No, so, uh, but like we, I always hear women 
judging. Oh, well, the only way they could be that skinny is if they're, are they anorexic? I anorexic. Sure. And so then what you do, or what many women do, not you. Not me, because I, again, I'm not. Because you're woman. awesome and yeah. well adjusted. <laughs> what many women do is they make their lack of presentation their presentation of self. Like, mm. I'm not going to do my hair. Yeah. It's I'm like going to wear a sweat. It's a rebellion. Yes. Okay, if that's really yeah. how you want to present yourself, that's fantastic. Right. Again, no judgment. Yeah. We're all Whatever. different. But is that the statement you want to be making? Yes. Uh, is, or is it, that your default because you are you don't have a – you can't compete. You don't want to compete with the other statement. You haven't clarified who statement. you are. Yeah. You don't know what your statement is. So I think at the end of the day, you know, I've – I've thought about this a lot, and I feel like when I show up to someone's house with, you know, kind of a slightly messy, mismatched, but like bohemian presentation. Bohemian is the word. <laughs> that so is you. It's an authentic presentation yeah. of myself, right? Uh-huh. I feel like. And the dreadlocks that are starting <laughs> right? are fantastic. I feel like you know a little bit about me, and I've been honest. Yeah. And um, this is my costume, but it also is a fairly accurate representation. Now I'd like to know something about you. I mean, that's fantastic. That Why is, can't our presentation be a conversation? No, because it's the beginning of a judgment. Right. Get rid of it. Like, yeah. there's so much time. You know what? I'd say let it go. Stop it. I'm so excited. Why are we on that button before? It took it's, you guys like new. six months. Well, yeah, we've actually worn it out. It used to go for like five minutes, but we've played it so much, it's just broken. Yeah, we played it at least 25 times yesterday. That's fantastic. Yeah. My kids won't even listen to it anymore. They're like, this is over. My kids They're like, Dad, love let it. it go. I want. We're coming back. I want you, you're, you need to keep the rant going. I, I am Are you ranting. going to be able I'm to? I'm so sorry. Are you going to be able to keep the yes, rant alive? Always. I, Bohemian. We need to go find go, go look up Bohemian Rhapsody, and that will be Meg's theme. <gasps> that could be theme. like my intro music. That could be her intro music, or just some Rastafari <laughs> something or other too. That'd be good too. I, I prefer Queen. Queen, oh, I love Queen. Okay, we'll be right back. We're taking a break. Meg Conley in the house. Go to her website, meginprogress.com. Her children's names are Zuzu and Viola. Don't Yay. get it wrong, or she'll <laughs> never let you live it down. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. A little Bohemian Rhapsody for our Bohemian so Megan progress. You really, that's it. This is your theme music. I'm so glad. Here's the thing. I can, like, sing this entire song. Like, you know how they do... Um, well, of course you can. You know how they do Jimmy Fallon... That's his yeah, name, right? His, yeah, his, uh, his lip syncing. Is I this could, what you would yeah, do? Yeah, I could do this. I would do this entire Bohemian song. Rhapsody. You are your, your hair, your dress. <laughs> but see, you're willing to put it out there. Sure. You're but it took, a, it took a long time, right? Yeah. Because I felt like I had to look like everybody else. Well, the else. first time I saw you, you you looked like Hillary Clinton, the way you were dressing. That's not even true. You right? were like in a suit. You're such a liar. A dress suit. Do they know that, they, that you blouse? lie to them all the time? That's not a lie. <laughs> we have pictures of it somewhere. <laughs> it's like basically the most offensive thing anyone's ever said to me. Well, no, but you used to dress up. You used to like, your, your clothes used to match. I, you remember? You know what? I think the first time I came, I did match. So you, I think that that did happen. You were bait. It was a bait but and switch. I think, I think it was by the second time you were like, wow, I didn't know you could do florals and I didn't. I'm learning a like lot. That. And you're like, well, sure you can. And then everyone that I know that like, that really, that dre- the people that know. Right. They're like, no, you can't. You totally can't. That's just can. Meg being bohemian. <laughs> 
But Bohemians can do anything they want. I can. I think it looks great. But you know, I, that's what I honestly love about you because you don't. You care. You're not. You, you're not like, like whatever. I don't, I don't come here smelling bad. No, like, you smell great. <laughs> but you do need to shave your legs. Uh, just kidding. You. But I, I just love how confident you are to just sure. be you. Sure. And and. And again, I think I think that like as silly as it sounds, like that is a difficult thing to figure out. I I spend a lot of time like, who am I? How do I want to present myself? How much how much time do I spend on this? Like, if I get up with you know enough time to spend ten minutes on my makeup, have I somehow slighted women in developing countries mm. who don't have the ability to buy makeup? Like, what oh, is my social statement? Right? Like, wow. I thought way too much about it. You think it. a lot, but, but I think I think at the end of the day, we all do. Like, maybe yeah. it's consciously. No, right? mine's more like I, I ought to shave. <laughs> I ought to shave because what if I meet people today that I ought to shave? I ought to shave. <laughs> That's. Okay, but that's solid, right? Because you're yeah. still thinking about people's I'm reactions. I'm thinking of others. Right? I ought to shave. So I think I think that the danger sometimes is if we become so obsessed with how we present ourselves, we forget about what we're trying to represent. I like, that's true. And so and so I think that if you keep like your core mission statement, be that you know, you know, I am Megan. I am friendly. I am kind. Sometimes I have mustard spilled on my shirt, and that's okay. And that's okay. Like, if that is my mission statement, and I'm sticking to that, <laughs> yeah. then then, then everything will be okay. I won't lose my center. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes women especially become obsessed with how they look. Are my eyebrows yeah. the right color? How am I presenting myself? I'm so nervous. I'm picking up my shirt. Like, my hair isn't right. Oh. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's too far. You should be able to create your statement in the morning. Hopefully within, well, for me, it's 15 minutes, but 15 minutes to an hour and a half, I think it's probably like to, to get, somewhere, to between get those, on. <laughs> somewhere between those two yeah. points, right? And then once you've done it, leave it and forget about it and embody what you were trying sure. to represent for the rest of the day. And so, and so that can be tricky. That's totally tricky. And then we still judge each other. Sure, sure. See, I guess part of that message is if you're going to judge, you know, judge with light. Right. I mean, like, like I mean, we 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 talked about first impressions all day today. Right. Everyone's going to have a first impression, but you can't get away from that. No, but right. again, you're just saying, look long enough to the yes. fourth impression. Right. Exactly. Let my fourth impression in, and my fifth, and my sixth. Right. And then kind of compare it to the first. Right. Like for example, in college, I knew this girl who was very. Um, Quick to make snap judgments. And I mean, these were like extreme feelings just mm. upon meeting a person once, you know. Yeah. She's one, evil. <laughs> basically. Yeah. What a yeah. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Yeah. one conversation, one look, and this girl knew exactly how she felt about that person for the rest of her life. Um, but then inevitably she would interact and get to know the person better, whether it was because they were on the dorm floor together or in class or whatever. And um, gradually the, that extreme reaction would either be completely reversed or or softened, mm-hmm. right? And so it kind of became this joke between with her, yeah. not behind her back, no, yeah. but with her. With her with in like, front of her. How do you feel about that person right this second? Like, tell us right now. <laughs> like, you hate her, don't yeah. you? What's you your love gut? her, don't you? What's your gut her? reaction? Like, whatever it was. How and so. Fun. But it was a good learning experience for all of us, yeah. her included, because we all do that to some extent. She's and like a barometer. Sure, sure. <laughs> and so and so it was like exactly like what you're saying. I learned from her, and I think she she was great at teaching this by example because eventually she changed her mindset. And I learned from her that you do need a few conversations. You do need a few interactions. I mean, a, a reader saw me in the grocery store the other mm. day. Um, 
I had just told my daughter that if she fell out of the cart and broke her head open, I wasn't even going to care about it because she had stood up so many times. Wow. I said it sweetly, though. <laughs> and Were you smiling? My, I hadn't washed my hair in two days because we had been working outside and it was like, and I never do that. It was like disgusting and like, yeah. you know, like where the, like, the grease is like holding it back. No, like you, you know, don't weird, even have to do never that. Never had that. <laughs> Never had it. I like tried to camouflage it with like a headband, right? <laughs> like my I'm headband. Like, I was just working out. Like, like I mean, I was yeah. dirty because I've yeah. been working outside all day, right? Smelly. I kind of looked like a homeless person. Mm-hmm. Like, if a, the homeless person like was yeah. very disreputable. Like, well, yeah, right. It was, was horribly, horribly disciplined. And it was children. the first time this. And this person comes up to me and is like, "You're making progress. You're Meg." And I was like, "No, no I gotta go." Uh, it's like I am, and I'm so sorry you had to see me like this. She's like, oh, no, but I yeah. feel like I know you. And see? but it was great because she had got she had gotten to know me another way, and so her first impression, I hope, was favorable. Well, she actually called like I... <laughs> in on the show, and she said, uh, "Meg needs to be paid more." But people, <laughs> could someone pay would Meg that, more? Would like more pay make me shower more? Nah. From... I want to. I want to say that that's not a regular occurrence, it's, but that it is. But if she had never, if she had just been passing me in the aisle, right, yeah. and that was her first and only interaction with me, like who is that crazy woman? Well, like I feel for her. That's what she would. think. All the time, I have people say, "You know, you look skinnier, like in person." You're like, "What do I?" Look? <laughs> or like, "You look tan. You look more tan in person." And all of a sudden, I'm like, then I start worrying. Like, how do I'm I look at my pictures? Mess. Well, do you know who? Um, I'm a mess. So I love Mindy Kaling. I feel like I've talked about that here mm-hmm. before. Like the Mindy Project. I just love her. She's like this phenomenal writer. Anyway, she was on a late night show, and she's fabulous, and she's always put together and really gorgeous. She also happens to look like a real woman. Like I don't know, maybe clocks in at like. 140, 150 yeah. pounds, like very beautiful, yeah. r- normal woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but people are constantly saying like, I love how you've just embraced the way that you look and put aside all these regular ideals of beauty. Like you don't embrace them. And she <laughs> was like, like um, she was like, no, I embrace them. Oh, like, I, 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 I have- work on them all day. <laughs> and she was like, <laughs> she, so. That's so, sad. Well, but I think that we do that but all that's the it. time, that's right? That's the point. And so, but, but her point, and it's a great interview, but her point was just. Look at we all look different. We're all beautiful. Yeah. We're all presenting ourselves in hopefully in a manner that is pleasing to us. Because at the end of the day, I put on lipstick. I um, let my hair go dreadlocky and like all this stuff <laughs> because I like how it looks. Yeah. Like, do you like how you look? If That's you a do, great that is great. If you don't, why don't you? Like and if how you, you look? never have. Right, because anyone is can a, have a bad sure. year. Well, and is it a self-esteem problem? Right. Do you need to fix what's inside, or would you do you feel good with what's inside? And you really would feel better if you got that haircut finally. Yes. Like women stop feeling guilty about paying for haircuts. Like that is a ridiculous thing to feel guilty yeah. for. Go get yourself a haircut. Yeah. I have so many friends. They're like, well. I just, I need a haircut, but I just hate spending money on myself. And I'm like, hold, 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 shut hold, 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 hold. your mouth. Back up a minute. What voice was that? <laughs> That's the, I'm going to oppress myself. Do that again. That was fascinating. <laughs> I have, I think I've heard this voice. <laughs> women Mom, are, is that you? <laughs> women are great at that. They are. Okay. Oh, no, I don't need my haircut. We hold ourselves down. Yeah. Go get a $20 haircut. Mm-hmm. Everybody can pay for a $20 haircut every eight weeks. Okay? Like, yeah. recycle cans and you can pay for a $20 haircut. Like, you can find $20. Do a fundraiser. But you can't. I will pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Buy the $4 lipstick at Walgreens. Yeah. That's what I wear. Boom, like, boom. not everything. 
make yourself who you want to be. Like, that is okay. There is no shame in that. Mm-mm. You can stop oppressing yourselves. Like, yeah. it is time. Especially if you're what sitting. What is up? If, if, wow. <laughs> what is up? <laughs> but if you're in your heart wanting to be something different. Yes. And then, and not being that, how sad is that? You've, you live your whole life. Wanting to be different and never well, and stepping know, into it. Do you know what I think that is, too? I don't think it's like, oh, I want to change myself. I think that almost always that is, I want to more genuinely represent myself. You're not saying, I'm going to change who you who I am. I'm saying, I want people to know who I am. Yeah, yeah. And, and for better or worse, I mean... Our our um our insides and our outsides work better when they when they match each other when we feel like each is a representation mm-hmm. of of the the other that's important I mean spirit and body those two things should be See. fused that's good wow stop you're good no honestly <laughs> no I am like I get so fired up you're about on this. fuego you know I'll what stop. you should talk about you are like you that's now I, why I know why your hair looks like fuego. <laughs> <laughs> because this is Megan you. Megan is always fired your up. Your inside is coming out on top of your head. Finally. That's why it felt right. That's why it, you were out of sync. That's why it See, felt right. lavender never would have been your inside. No, that's, it's too cool. It's too chill. Is that a chill? Too chill, yeah. Is I that, think. I is think that cool? I think lavender is a cool color. Like, I do too. Cool as in the cold. Oh, I love lavender. <laughs> I love lilacs. Lilacs. Hey, here's a quote for you. Just uh, totally about what you're talking about. And I just lost it. Um, oh, don't judge me. This is so you. <laughs> this is by Uncanone. <laughs> don't judge me. I was born to be awesome. It's true. Not we perfect. Like, here's the thing. Boom! I love that. I, I love that. It's by Uncanone. Stitch it on a pillow. It's actually on my Facebook page. So you're very, you're very good at the quotes. Everyone should like your Facebook page. They totally should. And uh, you're very good at telling me I'm good at the quotes. Thank you. Thank you very much. And they should like Megan Progress because you're so good. That's true. That's true, actually. Um, I I actually love your concept of um, humans need to have the inside kind of match the outside. You do. Right. Because if all of a sudden we get stuck in this idea about what good people do. Right. What good people look like. Right. What smart people look like. Right. What righteous people look like. Exactly. And none of that. I mean, again, I think in our standard today, most of us would reject the Savior. Just by looks. Perhaps. Don't you think? I, think, I mean, like, yeah. he's wearing sandals. <laughs> he doesn't even have pants. <laughs> Don't you think? Like, seriously, yeah, right. we would reject him just immediately. Right, because he'd look like some crazy person on a city corner. Isn't it? Right. But that's, to me, the point. We're missing so many good things about so many good people. Right, right. And, and, and not even letting, and, and ourselves. Yes. Because, yeah. I mean, for me, I'm always like, I think that if you understand yourself, if you're comfortable with yourself, then your eyes are open for everyone else, too. I think that that's absolutely true. Meg, man, you're good. Thanks. I don't care I like, what they say about you when you're I don't gone. care what they say at the meetings. we got to get Meg <laughs> off of this, off the air. She's no good. Meg's crazy. <laughs> um, Meg, are you going to stick around for our last segment? Yes, I can. We're going to talk about humor. I am so funny. I should be good at this one. Hold on. <laughs> you? Every time we do something in the last segment, you seem to not do so well. Um, but if it's like about being funny, I'm okay at that. Yeah, I think you're going to struggle on this one, too. <laughs> We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Meg Conley. Meg in Progress is her website. Meganprogress.com. She's the bomb and bohemian. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back with more Meg right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody. That is the hoedown music, uh, which means we've moved from bohemian to country hoedown. Jess is joining us straight out of Grantsville. Jess, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. <laughs> You're not kidding. I was there yesterday for my mom's 50th birthday. Were you really? And happy Aww. birthday to your mother. Thanks. What's her name? Jelaine. 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 <laughs> It's one of those names, Jelaine. Jelaine. Do you want me to spell, spell it for that? you? J a l a i n e. So it's Ja, Jelaine. Jelaine. Jelaine, happy fiftieth birthday! Thank you for uh-huh. having Jess. <laughs> She's cute as a whip. Ah, uh, thanks, Matt's mom, for having Matt. Carolyn. Her name's Carolyn. <laughs> He's as funny as a whip. <laughs> wow, we're all funny and whips. Okay, so here's the deal. As we wrap up the show, we're going to. This is one of the last times Jess is going to have a chance to interact with Meg. It's it true. Is the last time your hair looks so good today. So does yours. Meg dyed and, her hair anyway, and she's wrong. What we're going to do with the show today. Oh, is, sorry. We got um, in a little. That was just a really zone. weird moment. Did you guys feel the chemistry, though? They were like, I'm going to miss you and your hair's so cute. That I am going to miss her. Don't get us started. You know have you guys ever heard of email? You can email. Yeah. Text, call. Yes. I, I don't really do any of those things. Yeah, because Meg's kind of a big deal. Meg's a big deal. This is it. She's kind of a big deal. Meg's getting a big head, a big red head. I already have. This is is too close to home. I already, I have a huge head. We've discussed. Oh no, we always talk about it when you leave, and your headset's like so stretched out. I know it's like Rosie O'Donnell size. It's fine. Like I, I'm at peace with that, and I present myself. No one would know you have a big head. (laughs) I heard that block. I I heard what you guys just talked about. Were you listening? (laughs) Yeah. You were listening. Yeah. Wow. I heard, I heard some of it. She was listen- She never listens. Because I was on. I think it's because she's only got one more day. <laughs> Two more days. Jess, what are we going to do today? This okay, is the grand finale. We're talking about humor because presentation is like, for me, it's centered around humor. Me too. If someone is funny, I'll listen. If they're not, they better have good content because I may not listen. Wow. <laughs> That's true. Which me- did you, did you're you, funny, And you Matt. listen to Meg because she's hilarious. Yes, Meg is really funny. You guys work great together. Mm-hmm. And that's why Tuesdays are the best show. <laughs> wow. I feel bad Matt, for every... Matt's not going to let me back on anymore. You know that I'm actually on the show every day. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to let yeah, me back on. True. He's going to be like, Meg, you're your still on the show. too bright. <laughs> Seriously. I'm so Let's tired Let's start our own that. show. No, so, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, moving right along. No, Matt. We, you, no one can no. replace you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, they can. <laughs> Uh, they tell me that every day. <laughs> Here's the deal. So you're, you're going to do what with humor? Because I found just teaching with humor, it makes everybody listen, but they also open up and they relax. Yeah, then that's a good point. Then you can shoot truth in there. Then they tighten up. like nah. And then you're yeah. funny again. Uh-huh. Then that's you got to be funny point. again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, like Matt, when crazy. I got this subject, um, I kind of was like, okay, Matt's the king at this, so oh, I probably can't teach him anything. Oh, so is it a competition with Meg? Because I like it if I'm the king. Oh, no, it's not a competition. Thank ah, goodness, because I would lose. You guys are you guys are equal. Yeah, yeah. No, we totally <laughs> both are. Really good. Anyways, so I was like nervous about doing this block because I was like, Matt's pretty funny. Yeah, oh, really. You kind of got this down. Yeah, that's you had true. a toilet well, now, on now, your stage. Okay, but can I just say, Matt, you can't... you're so funny. Oh shush! <laughs> you don't set someone up. You are so funny. You don't set them up to be funny because then they're not going to be funny. So what you're doing is you're using reverse psychology. So I lose. <laughs> is that what you're doing? It's, no. not, it's not a competition. No, right? it's not. Yeah. You're Everything's not going to lose. There's no winner, no loser. You okay. win. Okay? All right, all right. All right. So all right. as I'm doing this, throw in your knowledge because no. you're good at it. No, I'm not going to. Okay, well, I've gone another down. reason <laughs> well. is it helps people remember. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're funny, they like are listening better and they remember more. So, Like, Meg, say something funny. I can't just say off the cuff like that. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> oh. Wow. That was perfect. 
You nailed it. You're so mean, Matt. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I'm taking back your end of the year present. How come Meg gets water, but I don't? I'm here every day. You have your little juices. Pardon? You said at the beginning you of the show. You bring like. Hold on. Did Mike just speak? Yeah. You said Is at Mike the... here? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I'm hey, behind Mike. you. There you hey, are. how's it going? I never see you. Well, you said at the beginning of the show you needed to use the bathroom, so I took your water away. Yeah, that's true. Oh. So. <laughs> that's cute. I'm just hey, looking out. No, and thanks for bringing that up on the air. You're like an adorable <laughs> toddler. <laughs> no water before bedtime. No water before radio time. I do. I'm trying to hydrate a lot lately. Anyway, keep going. Okay, so let's talk about some do's and don'ts with, with humor. Yes. First of all, don't laugh at your own jokes, which is my, I, that's my hardest I thing. Always I always laugh I at know. my own jokes. I know. Meg, have Me you too. Noticed, Meg, have you I noticed, Meg, you're the only one laughing at your joke? But my laugh is so, like, goofy <laughs> that it feels true. like more people are laughing. That happens. Goofy. It's, yeah. It's a true Use thing. that in a sentence. Okay, I don't know about the word, I but. <laughs> I just did. No, do another sentence. I want to see if you can pull two out in one. <laughs> Go on, Jeff. Okay, keep going. <laughs> So don't laugh at your own jokes, which is really hard. I don't know. Do well, you? Especially when you're hilarious. <laughs> oh, you do. I don't laugh at because that was a joke, did. and you just laughed. You at your own laugh. Joke. I was I was laughing for your laughing. Oh, okay. Well, in my head, right. I'm like that. <laughs> Anyways, it's really hard to do, but they say not to because yeah. there's like a lot of websites that sure. said don't laugh at your own joke. Anyways, and then one is don't offend. It's yeah. not funny because like some people will try to poke fun at like disabilities or races yeah, and it's not, just awkward it's just funny. like yeah. everyone i like, mean comedians do it but they're also professionals <laughs> sure yeah but right. you have to be a professional the rest of us you know that's kind of like the third rail on the yeah. subway just yeah. stay away from just that let's not do that yeah, you'll right. get hurt yeah um another one is be relatable these are the funniest jokes yeah. are the ones that like ah that happens to me all yeah. the time have you noticed that meg's not relatable She's told, I just I'm kind like, of agree with everything she says. I'm very relatable to normal people. Bloggers Matt. like have to be relatable, or else everybody's like, well, I don't know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, people I'm read. Gonna... Like people want to know what's going on. Like read books. Yeah. Yeah, they read my blog. You have a blog? Shut up, Matt. What do you have a blog? <laughs> Hold on, is Mike still here? Well, let me ask him. Hey, Mike, you still here? Yeah, Mike's here. <laughs> um, Making sure he's I, not passed out. Meg is very relatable. You got to be relatable. Why? Because that's the best jokes come from as something everyone can relate yes. to. Yes. Well, like you want to laugh with them, right? Like yeah. not because sometimes them. you feel like you're being laughed at mm-hmm. if someone ha- makes a right. joke that's above your head or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. where you fake laugh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Did you hear that laugh? Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, keep going. Um, so a funny one that I like is. Um, Oh, I just forgot it. This is this is why I don't tell jokes. You're, oh, you don't tell jokes. You're never supposed to tell a joke. Jokes are for scout camp. No, but you like it's a solid point actually. But you relatable do, not, ones not are. Jokes. But relatable ones don't sound like jokes. They sound like you're just talking about stuff. Like, like when I'm like, texting, like and autocorrect humor. will never fill in my words because I can't spell it right. Right. Like so that's relatable. Yes. So you, that's 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 funny. That, that was re- the joke I was going to say, and I just remembered it. Oh, that was I that. Just, oh, I just that remembered that joke. joke. Yeah. So that was me. So you're talking about like observational humor, joke, not, not like not like a candy joke. joke Hold on. Can, Hold on. Can I try telling that same joke? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let's see how. Let's see. Oh how man, I hate that awkward moment when you're so far away from spelling a word in a text that your phone's just like, "Sorry, man, I can't help you out." You know, it gives you no suggestions. I'm just done. I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that didn't I work. I thought it was good, Mike. <laughs> I thought it was great. He I was, was selling it hard. Um, I was, was laughing. That was really good. Funny you should bring that up because one of them is don't repeat jokes. <laughs> I'm just saying. I totally agree. So, anyways, 
But Mike, another, you agree you should so not repeat Mike it. Give Mike a hug. Look at him. He's just I know, alone he's in, the, in there. Oh, in his own room. No, it's fine. Stay it's away. Meg is There's such a, a reason mom. Why that is such a mom thing. Go hug Mike. Go hug Mike. <laughs> I am fine. Um, another good thing to do, which is kind of similar to not repeating a joke, is calling back to a joke. Because people like to be like... I don't know. Remember that one time I told that joke and I no one thought it was funny? I will call and Riley works. and tell him about jokes that I made. Like, <laughs> get this. Guess what I said. Or I'll be like, remember that one time? He says it's, I'm always giving myself props. Is what yeah. he says. And I am. I do that a lot because I feel like... Do you recognize how cool that was? Because it was really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's pretty arrogant. That's great, man. <laughs> great job. Yeah, but see, props. That, that was really props. cool. Like, I said that's the all I funniest thing you've ever heard. No, that happens a lot. Like, say I say that, that a lot. <laughs> Like, yeah. it was so funny, and then I was like, dot, dot, dot. Like, it, it'll I, never, like, a joke never works the second time, <laughs> unless it's to a new audience, right? So you right. can't bring it right. up again. It's just not right. funny. Right, right. Riley thinks it's funny, because he has to, because he's married to me. <laughs> yeah. Anything else about funny? Yeah. Um, make sure you remember the funny things that happen to you. <laughs> Write oh, yeah. them down if you need to. Cause my favorite stories, my funniest funny. stories are truth. True stories. <laughs> totally. Your whole life is my, my whole a life joke. Is a, <laughs> Just is sad Man. Joke. <laughs> you went there. End of the, end of the show. <laughs> wow. Way to, way to bring it home. Let's start with Meg. We're celebrating. <laughs> well, thanks, I guess, Jess, for your second to last show. <laughs> You're welcome, Matt. <laughs> that was a bad laugh. Meg, thank you. Thank you for letting me come on. It's always so joyous. And thank you for staying in progress. Yeah. Well, that will be forever, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So. And I'm glad we decided that you're bohemian. Yes, I'm glad we have a word. Great show, Great. kids. Appreciate all of you. All y'alls. Love the headband. And uh, here's the quote. Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford. Tomorrow's show, friends. How to find them, how to treat them, and do you need them? We all do, and we don't. <laughs> friends. We'll be here tomorrow teaching you how to find friends, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks again. We'll be back right here on BYU Radio.